but really we are just all seeking comfort and I think a lot of chefs and the food scene has settled into that um, and now just serving what feeds their soul and thus that comes through on the plate and feeds the customer's soul. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. The summer series on Deep in the Weeds continues today and we head down to Launceston with the legendary Bianca Welsh from Stillwater. Bianca, how are you? Really good, thank you. How's the year been for you? It's sort of one that's got back on track for many, but what's it been like in Tassie? Yeah, it's been interesting. It's probably the first time that it's been more like a pre-COVID winter. So the last couple of winters have just been insane because everyone was not travelling overseas. Uh, Tasmania must have seemed exotic, so we had a lot of of interstate visitors. Um, But everyone, as we all know, because thanks to social media, um, pretty much all of Australia went to Italy or Southeast Asia. Um, And so (laughs) we had just a a pretty quiet winter. Um, It was a bit hard to sort of wrap our head around um, after the last couple of years, Um, but it was good to just kind of get a little bit of breathing space, um, I guess, reassess, you know, things that we'd been too busy to look at at the restaurant and um, now we're gearing up for a really good summer. What's summer like in Launceston? Uh, What do you love about it down there? Uh, The weather is amazing. Like we do get, despite what the rest of the bigger island thinks of us, we do get an amazing summer. Um, And I just love the array of produce, particularly for me, I'm a stone fruit fiend. Um, and I can't wait to be able to go to because we go to our harvest, our local harvest market every Saturday, um, and it's quite the tradition. Like our son, our seven-year-old son loves it, um, and so yeah, I'm just really excited to get all the stone fruit in and devour that. <laughs> Is it? There's a, quite a few um, amazing stone fruits. Is there any that really jump out for you? Yeah, cherries. I feel like I'm a really typical Asian as well, that I am obsessed with cherries and I'm the only one in my house that eats them. Um, so I'll get like a, a like a deluxe five kilo box and I'll just eat them all myself. Like it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, that'll keep you regular. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you mentioned that um, Tassie became such a destination over the last couple of years because of COVID, but have you... Do you have any sort of fond travel stories of your own where food sort of had a big impact on you? Yeah, well, I guess the one that really sticks in my mind is when um, James and I, my husband, who's part owner, he's the sommelier in the restaurant, um, he, we went to Italy uh and France for like our belated honeymoon must have been back in 2013 and we were young, naive, you know, not really travelled. Oh, we'd done a little bit of Asia but not really travelled before and um, we were just blown away by the simplicity, I think, um, being young restaurateurs and kind of, you know, we dine out a lot in Australia and we were doing, you know, the Melbourne-Sydney trips quite often to educate ourselves um, and learn and then to go to Italy and just have the most incredible food experiences with you know, what would be probably three or four ingredients on the plate, maybe even two or three, um, we were just blown away. Um, and that's really stuck in our mind and, and stayed with us ever since. Um, and I guess the the 
the flip side of that as well was the appreciation for what we have in Tasmania. Um, we'd travel around different regions and they specialise in, you know, a handful of things. Um, and we just sort of thought and reflected how lucky we are in Tassie that we have an array, like because of our climate, we've got so many different things that we are really good at um, and the variety we have uh, and that we can serve in our restaurants. Um, we felt really grateful to to live where we do. Was, was there a city in uh, Italy or France that really stands out for you and the experiences you had there? Yeah, well, James is a Barolo freak, like we even named our son. Our son's name is Giacomo in honour of Giacomo Conterno. Um, and uh, we really love Piedmont um, and uh, – or Piedmonte, however you pronounce it properly in Italian. Uh, and we were just – we just fell in love with that region Um the food, uh, you know, having egg pasta, uh, you know, rabbit, um, rabbit tagliatelle and uh, looking over the rolling hills of that area was just magical and it's always stayed with both of us um, that that was just our favourite place probably in, in the world. The, the evolution of the culinary scene in Tasmania has been extraordinary in the last decade and you've been a big part of that. What, what are you loving about food in Tassie at the moment? Uh, I think there's a level of maturity now. I think we kind of are more confident about what we do and what we offer. Um, and I love, uh, I guess, that the food scene has, you know, we've never been big on trends. We've always, I mean, not that James and I are in the kitchen, our business partner, Craig, will, um, he's just exceptional at what he does and he's never been one to do fads. He just knows flavours and knows um, what just tastes really good and sort of feeds your soul. And I really think that we've done a full 360 in the last 10 years of all these crazy ideas. And I mean, there's a time and place for that um, and that artistic flair. But I love that we've just come to um, desiring and craving food. Perhaps it's a, um, a product of COVID that we just want comfort um, and we go to the classics. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and being a little bit, uh, a little bit creative, like a, an interesting garnish, an interesting sauce, an interesting whatever. Um, but really, we are just all seeking comfort. And I think a lot of chefs and the food scene has settled into that, um, and now just serving what feeds their soul, and thus that comes through on the plate and feeds the customers' souls. So um, the smaller wine bars and um, you know, that, that I guess, mid-range price point are the places that we personally gravitate to because, um, yeah, it feels really – it feeds your soul. The last couple of years have made us rethink and do things differently. Um, what are you hoping to see more of in food uh, over the next sort of year or two? I think continuing the emphasis on provenance and sustainability – um, in practices both in producing produce um, but also in the way we get produce to us. We did like a carbon emission kind of audit um, and looking at the um, what we are the highest in, everything else was really, really good and really, really low for all of our practices we've got in the restaurant. Um, and the one that though was the highest was our supplier 
chain. Um, and if we were able to reduce down our suppliers, um, we would be reducing our carbon emissions. Um, and so I guess maybe getting creative in the future of how, I don't know, perhaps producers working together more. Um, you know, we often have like just a seafood supplier or a beef supplier and a lamb supplier. Um, I'm not sure how that would work realistically in terms of a business model, but for us to be able to reduce the amount of delivery trucks that are coming to us um, and then their chain um, behind that um, could be the way forward for us to have a, sust- a more sustainable practice of, of food. Um, yeah. You and James have built the most incredible restaurant there in Launceston. Um, do, you have, do you have any plans for anything new over the next sort of year or two? Uh, not – I don't think so at the moment. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're always sort of scouting around. I mean, never say never. Um, we always have looked for that perfect spot for a wine bar. That's no secret. We've always had the desire to do that, whether or not that comes to fruition. Um you know, we sold Black Cow uh, last year in August. So, you know, we got rid of one restaurant to, I guess, lessen the stress load. We're probably just as busy as ever, but um, to have a little less on our plates been been really um, refreshing for all of us as business partners. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think we might be itchy again to do something. I, I'm not sure, but um, really honing in, like we're doing a little bit of a brand refresh and we just got some brand new chairs that are locally made and, um, you know, continuing with our, our boutique hotel. Like we've only got seven rooms on site, but um, just coming up with packages and, and interesting dinners over winter. So we've done like a book launch series and um, some local musicians and stuff trying to change it up from just wine dinners. I think the the general consumers kind of not that interested in that as much as they were like maybe five years ago. Um, so just trying to keep things interesting and, and move with what the consumer really wants. Well, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to catch up with you, Bianca, and I hope you have a great year ahead and please keep in touch and we'll have to catch up again soon. Thanks, Huck. You too. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.